This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good afternoon, friends. I was asked to come to give chizuk, but I myself have received the greatest chizuk. I don't think I've ever seen in my life such an impressive group of working people giving up an entire day's work. That has a lot of value. To give up an entire day to allow the values of tshuva and Torah to transcend any earthly value. Kal HaKavod. What greater zechus is there not only for yourselves but for Klal Yisrael. The The furthest trip I've ever made I was once invited to speak in Australia. And I like to get around. And the trip is interminable. It's just forever. First you have to get to Los Angeles. And then you have to stay over in the, in the airport. And then you have to catch another flight. And I get like stir crazy just on an hour flight. I have nowhere to put my feet. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself after an hour. And first you have to get to L.A., And then it's another 16 hours to Australia. It's a long trip. You know, sometimes, just last week, I was invited to speak in Cleveland. It was a Thursday. The flight was 2.10. I arrive in JFK, I don't know, 12.30. Plenty of time. The flight said it's slightly delayed. Okay, so instead of 2.10, it's going to take off at 2.20. I get on the flight. I had a good seat on the plane. 220, 230, 240, there's weather. Weather, it's from here to Cleveland, what kind of weather? It was 90 degrees, remember? It's like a week and a half ago. It was 90 degrees. There's weather, there's storms, hurricanes, I don't know what they're talking about. Like they make it up as they go along. It's an hour later, two hours later, they need a new route, an old route, a different route. Then after three hours, they have to go back to refuel. It's now 510, not flight is canceled. And that's just Cleveland. Sometimes just to get, I don't know, an hour or two away, you never get there. Certainly if you have a flight across the world, are you going to get there or are you not going to get there? But in these 10 days, we have to make a very impressive journey. We got to reach all the way to the Kisei HaKavad. We have to get very far. How are we going to get there? How are we going to do it? It's a journey fraught with danger. It's a journey fraught with impediments. How could we ensure the safe arrival at the end of these 10 days? I want to share with you a very interesting custom. Minhag Hassam Soifer. We have over here. I came in and this tzaddik introduced himself as a descendant of the Hassam Soifer. So I'm throwing you a plug right in the beginning. The minhag of the Chassam Soifer every night of Kol Nidre was he would expound upon the last Mishnah Masech Yuma. Omar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said, Ashrechem Yisrael, fortunate is the Jewish people, Lifnei miatem mitaharin, before whom do you purify yourself? Umi mitaher 
Who purifies you? Avichem Shabashamayim, your father. And the Chassam Soifer was troubled. I need Rabbi Kiva to teach me this. Rabbi Meir can't teach me this. Rabbi Tarfa and Rabbi Gamliel. Why Dafka Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva is the only Tana that knows that on Yom Kippur it's your father that's purifying you. Nobody else. But more interestingly is Rabbi Akiva cites two psukim. Rabbi Akiva says, Shenemar v'zarakti aleichem mayim tahoyrem utahartem. I will sprinkle upon you the purifying waters and you will be purified. V'oimer, and it also says, Mikvei Yisrael Hashem. And the question is, why do I need two psukim? I need one pasuk, V'zarak di aleichem ayim tahoyrem, I will sprinkle upon you the purifying waters, and the pasuk, Mikvei Yisrael Hashem. This was the subject of the Chassam Soifer's annual Jerusha Leil Kol Nidre. And the Enukol of the Chassam Soifer explained further that he figured out what was so interesting to the Chassam Soifer about Rabbi Akiva the night of Yom Kippur. Do you know that we start the night of Yom Kippur with the following Pasuk? Almost in every shul in the world, before the Kol Nidre, the Chazan chants, Ahoyer Zaru Uli Simcha. Oyer, Zarua, Latzadik, Uli Yishrei, Lev, Simcha. What in the world are we doing? It's a nice Pasuk. Or Zarua, Latzadik. Who are we singing this song for? Why do we chant this before Kal Nidre? It's not part of the ritual of Kal Nidre. Actually, if you look in one of the works of the Rishonim called Ar Zarua, Ar Zarua was written by Rabbi Yitzchak of Vina, of, Vin, of Vienna. He was writing about how to spell different names in Gitin. If somebody has to write a get, you have to know how to spell the name correctly. If you spell the name incorrectly, the get is puzzle. And Rabbi Yitzchak of Vina did not know how do you spell the word Akiva. Is it Ayin, Kuf, Yud, Vez, Aleph? Or is it Ayin, Kuf, Yud, Vez, Hey? So he had a dream. And in the dream, heaven showed him the following Pasuk. Oyer Zarua Latzadik Uli Yishrei Lev Simcha. He didn't know the meaning of the dream. He woke in the morning and it hit him. The Soifei Tevois of this Pasuk, Or Reish Zarua Ayin Latzadik Kuf Uli Yishrei ends in a Yud Lev Vez Simcha. Hey, spells out Rebbe Akiva. He paskined that when you write the name Akiva, Ayin Kuf Yud Vez Hey. By the way, we don't pass him that way. We pass him with an aleph. And he was so inspired by this dream that he named his sefer Arzarua. So that's interesting. That means at the very beginning of Yom Kippur, we give a little plug, shout out to Rebbe Akiva. What does Rebbe Akiva have to do with Yom Kippur? So some suggest something very interesting. You know, the Gemara says in the end of Brachas that at the end of Rabbi Kiva's life, he was already 120 years old. The government made a decree that you weren't allowed to learn Torah. And Rabbi Akiva continued to gather students and to teach Torah, Barabim. And the Talmudim asked, how could you do something like this? So Rabbi Akiva said, what do you mean? He gave the famous analogy, the famous mashal. He said... 
Well, there was once a fish swimming in the river, and a fox came on the side of the river, and the fox said, you know, let's take a stroll together. So the fish said, I'm going to take a stroll with you. If in my place of vitality, my life is in danger, if I leave the water, the fish said, I can't come out. Says Rabbi Akiva, the Torah is our life. The water of Torah is our life. I am not going to stop learning now. The Gemara says they raked his skin with coals of iron. With an iron rake. He was saying, Kriya Shema, Yatsasa Nishmasai. Who remembers the Gemara? Be'echad. Chassam Soifer writes in a tshuva. When Rabbi Akiva said Echad in his last word, he transformed his name from Akiva with a hey at the end to Akiva with an Aleph. That's the secret of Yatsasa Nishmasai Be'echad. The hey became an Aleph. So really, originally it was with a hey. But at the end of the day, he became Aleph. Okay, that's just Chsam Seifer. So what do we learn from this Gemara? When did Rabbi Kiva die? Shas Kriya Shema. Everybody knows that. Everybody's familiar with this Gemara. But we somehow have in our minds, was it Kriya Shema Shal Shachris? Or was it Kriya Shema Shal Arvis? And what day of the year was it? So there's a Medrash. The Medrash is found in the Yalkut Shemoni. The Medrash says Rabbi Akiva was in prison. It was Erev Yoim Hakipurim. His student was there because his student saw Rabbi Akiva was about to die. And in the middle of the night, Eliyahu Hanavi told the student of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva died in prison. So if you put the Gemara together with the Medrash, which means if Rabbi Akiva died at the time of Shema, and he died at night, and it was Yom Kippur, that means Rabbi Akiva passed away, Kriya Shema Shal Arvis, the night of Yom Kippurim. Rabbi Akiva never had a hesped, so the Jewish people eulogize Rabbi Akiva every night of Kol Nidre. They say, simcha." <laughs> Which means Yom Kippur is kicked off with the commemoration of the life of Rabbi Akiva. Do you think it's a coincidence that of all the Tanoim, the one that reveals to Klal Yisrael the power, the depth, the profundity of Yom Kippur is Rabbi Akiva, whose soul left this world as the Kedusha of Yom Kippur came down to this world. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Ashrechem Yisrael. Let's speak a little bit about the purity then that Rabbi Kiva presents to Klal Yisrael of the Mayim Tahoyrim and of the Mikvah. Let's talk a little bit about the word Tishrei. You know, every word of the Jewish months has great significance. So if you take the word Tishrei, Tuf is 400, Shin is 300, Resh is 200, Yod is 10, 910. But actually, Kabbalistically, Nekudais also have gematria. Did you know that? Nekudais have gematria. A dot is like a yud, a ten. A chirik, one dot is ten. A shva, two dots, or a tseire, is two dots, two yuds, twenty. A patach 
is a vav, is six. A komatz, if you remember from when you were four years old, before Art Scroll came out with their font, the original font of the komatz was a line and a circle. Now it's like a line and a line. But the traditional shape is a line, a vav, and a dot. The gematria of a kamatz is 16. Vav yud. By the way, there are words in our tefillah that we manipulate the correct pronunciation in order to arrive at a certain gematria based on the nekudais. And it's brought in halacha. For example, in Birchus Hamazain. Really, we should say, Tamid lanu, lanu, according to the laws of Hebrew grammar. But we say, we distort the correct pronunciation. We say, Tamid lanu, in order to get a specific gematria, the Shloss says of Lechem. You want to get bread? You need to access it through the special formula of specific Nikudais. So this is a system that has halachic ramification. Says the Bnei Yisachar, take the word Tishrei. We said, Tavshin Reish Yud, 910. What's under the Tav? Chirik, one dot. What's under the Shin? Two dots, Shva. What's under the Reish? Two dots, Tseirei. So you have 910 plus 50, 960. The Gematria of Tishrei is 960. What's 960? Actually, from Rosh Chodesh until Yom Kippurim is how many days? 40 days. How many hours? 960 hours. 40 days times 24. What's the significance of 960? A mikvah is 40 sa. 960 lug. Tishrei. Elul is like a mikvah. Now, how does a mikvah operate? What's the mechanism of a mikvah? How does a mikvah purify? Here you have a guy. He's a beria. You know, in the laws of Tuman Tara, if you have something which, which is treif, let's say you have a little pig fat, and the pig fat falls into a big vat of chicken soup. You know, imagine... You have a big pot of chicken soup cooking and you have a, a Gentiles walking by and he has Chvez, Burger King. He has some juice from his burger. Flies up from the burger, goes into the soup. What do you do with the soup? You eat the soup. It's Is it better not to eat the soup? No. Is it better to eat the soup? Absolutely. It's an Indian to eat it. Actually, the Bnei Soscha writes... You're now to be mevatel lechachila, but if you could find a davar kosher that happened to have been mevatel a davar aser, it's big stuff. It's a big skula. I don't know; it was never marketed yet, but there's an Indian. It's an un, it's an untapped skula. Okay, we'll put it that way. What's a halacha if a little ant? falls into one of these vats of cholen, like in yeshiva, these vats of cholen where a guy could fall in, he would be bottled the elef. What's that look if an ant falls in? You can't eat the whole pot. Beria, enoi bottle afilu be'elef. But that's the shita of the Bavli. The Yushalmi holds, Beria is bottle in 960. 
says B'nai Yisachar, the mechanism of the mikvah is here you have a guy, he's a barrier, but he's a bad barrier, <laughs> at least now. And he goes into the mikvah, which is 960 lug, and that has a purifying effect on the individual based on the Yushalmi, that a barrier is bottle in tatkas, Tough, tough, kuf, samach, 960. That's Elul, that's Tishrei, 960 hours. Which means whether you prepare or you don't prepare. Whether you're here at the shear or you didn't make it to the shear. Maybe you're home, maybe you didn't even think about the Yom Narayim. Anyone who travels through these 40 days will emerge to some degree purified. 960 hours. But Rav Pam wanted to analyze this further. Because Rabbi Akiva cites two psukim. Pasuk number one is, V'zarakti aleichem mayim tahayim. I'm going to sprinkle upon you the purifying waters. Pasuk number two is, Mikve Yisrael Hashem. Why do we need these two psukim? What are these two types of purification? Purifying waters and the mikvah? Rav Pam enjoyed saying over from the son of Rav Yitzchak Elchanan Spector. There are two types of purifications and there are two types of tshuva. There's one kind of purification going to a mikvah. What's the halacha? Somebody goes to a mikvah and they say, watch this, they jump in the mikvah and they have you know, the tip of their finger is sticking out. What percent of them has been purified? Zero. What if somebody goes into the mikvah and a hair is sticking out? What percent is purified? Zero. What do you mean? But 99.9% of them is in the mikvah. The mikvah is all or nothing. You don't get credits, uh, credit for trying. You don't get brownie points for making the effort. That's one kind of purification. There's another kind of purification. The mayim hatahayram, the purifying waters. The purifying waters is if somebody con- contracted tumas mace. In order to eventually have the ashes of the paraduma sprinkled on you, you would have the kohen sprinkle on you mayim tahayram. These mayim tahayram, if they touch your finger, if they touch the top of your head, if they touch the tip of your nose, tahar, you're pure. Are you 100% pure? You've achieved a halachic status of purity and you're ready for the next step. Mayim tahoyrem. All that's required is just touch the water. Says Rav Pam, there are two kinds of tshuvas. There's one kind of tshuva that we all hope to do. We try to do. This year, you know, one time on Rosh Hashanah, Rav Yitzchak came into the shul, he said, this year you're going to be at Tzadik Gamor. This year you're going to be at Tzadik So he said, Reb Levi, you said that last year. He said, but this year I mean it. That's how we are in Rosh Hashanah. We say, this year I'm going to daven every tefillah with complete kavana. I'm going to learn with focus. I'm going to speak to people with respect. I'm going to be a perfect Tzadik. The problem is the reality of that type of tshuva is far-fetched. The likelihood of it, of it lasting is not that high. 
That type of tshuva is like going in the mikvah. It's hard to be successful at a fully immersive tshuva process. But there's another type of tshuva. There's another type of, of tshuva that's accessible to anybody. There's another type of tshuva that we like to ignore and the Sahara doesn't want us to be aware of it and if we are aware of it, he doesn't want us to do it. We, we put it down. Where a person takes one thing, a small little thing, almost, it's so easy. This year, once a week, by the Shabbos table, I'm going to say the first bracha of Birchas Hamazan with Kavana. Pal, that's the only thing you're going to do this year? Yeah, that's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. What did he do? You know what he did? He touched the Mayim Tahirim. He contacted, he came into contact with the purifying waters of Tshuva. Is he a new person? No. Has he completely revolutionized his personality? Not at all. Does he look different than yesterday? He looks exactly the same. It's just he's adding one bracha once a week with kavana. Or maybe, and once a week he's going to say something nice to one of his friends. And that's it. What did the person do? The answer is, if you can't change yourself completely, at the very least, you could touch the mayim hatahayrim. You could contact, you could make Contact with the purifying waters. But friends, it's very interesting that the one who reveals this principle to us is Rabbi Akiva. Let's think a little bit about the origins of Rabbi Akiva. But before we do that, once we're on the topic of uh, -of out-of-the-box gematria systems, I want to share with you another one. Do you remember Rashi and Parshas Kisavoy? That Moshe Rabbeinu translated the Torah, Ba'er, who remembers the next word? Heitev. Hey, Yud, Tes, Vez. What does Rashi say? Shivim Lashayna, 70 languages. Moshe translated the Torah in 70 languages. So the Mepharshim want to know, where does Rashi see in the word Heitev? 70. The most important commentary on Rashi is the Mizrahi, Rebbe Mizrahi. Rabbi Yom Mizrahi says Rashi derived this from a new mechanism of gematria. I call it the Na Na Nachman system. You know, if you haven't, if you didn't make it to Uman for Rosh Hashanah, I'll give you a little flavor. Okay, but this comes from the Rishonim. The way the system works is you take the word, you take Hey, Hey Yud, Hey Yud Tes, Hey Yud Tes Veis. Got it? Very simple. You take a word, you take the first letter, then you add the first two letters, then you add the first three letters, then you add the first four letters. Hey is five. Hey yud is 15. We're up to 20. Hey yud tes is 24. We're up to 44. Hey yud tes vase is 26, 70. That's how Rashi knows. Moshe translated the Torah into 70 languages. This is an authentic system of gematria. Nah, nah, that's, that's what they're doing. One of the all-time great Mikubalim, Rav Shamshin of Ashtapoli. 1648 to 1649, he passed away. Rav Shamshin of Ashtapoli reveals an astounding gematria. 
The Gemara tells us in Masech Yuma, Gedoyla Tshuva, where does it reach? Shemagas Ad Kisei HaKavai. Tshuva is great, it reaches the throne of glory. That's where we're headed. Says Rav Shamshin of Ashtapal, Kaf, Kaf Samach, Kaf Samach Aleph, Kaf Samach Aleph Hey, Kaf Samach Aleph Hey Chaf, Kaf Samach Aleph Hey Chaf Vez, Kaf Samach Aleph Hey Chaf Vez Vav, Kaf Samach Aleph Hey Chaf Vez Vav Dalid. Do that to Kisei HaKavoyd. 7.13. Tshuva. Haflavafala. <coughs> the gematria of Tshuva, 7.13, is the same gematria as Kisei HaKavoyd using this system. The Sefer Mishnah Yosef says, why do you think that is? That Tshuva's gematria Kisei HaKavoyd using the system of Kaf, Kaf Samach, Kaf Samach Aleph, Kaf Samach Aleph. The answer is because the greatest impediment to tshuva is, okay, this year I'm going to be at Sadiq Gamor. And it worked. So for some people it worked for first day Rosh Hashanah. Some people pulled it off for the first two days. Some people even made it till Tzayim Gedalia. And then by the time we come back to work, we realize we're the same guy that we were last year with no change it was just a fake it was just I'm in shul I have nothing better to do so I might as well be a tzaddik but I'm the same guy nothing happened to me so forget the whole thing it's a big mistake you're not going to be different now than you were last year you can't do it in four days you know how you have to do it? with tiny little increments Minute by minute, small act after small act, thought after thought. First the cuff, then the cup samach, then the cup samach aleph. If a guy says, you know, this year I'm going to learn an extra two hours a day. Try it, go for it. I don't think it's going to happen. Not like that. What about an extra ten minutes a day? Five minutes a day. Start with the cuff. Do something small. That's the only way to get to the Kisei HaKavayd. The only way to get up there is you gotta take small, tiny step after step after step. Don't underestimate the smallest thought. All the Rebbe Hashem is asking you is one little opening. Do you know who taught the world about the importance of minuscule, perhaps microscopic increments of growth? You know who revealed to the world and to himself how important it is not to underestimate the smallest advance and growth in Avodah Hashem? He was 40 years old and he was an Amma Aretz Gamor. And the reason he was an Amma Aretz Gamor is because he would learn every day and he just didn't see the difference between yesterday and today and the day after. And he went and he passed by a riverside. He saw a well. And there was something dripping on the well. Drop after drop after drop. And he saw a hole in the well. And Rabbi Akiva said, how did that hole get there? He looked at the drop 
The drop made no impression on the rock. He looked at the second drop, it made no impression on the rock. He looked at the third drop, it made no impression on the rock. But there's a hole there. So Rabbi Kiva made the following Kavachaymer. That if water which is so soft could make a hole in a rock, then the Torah which is so powerful could penetrate my heart. What exactly was it that Rabbi Kiva learned from this hole in the rock? Rabbi Kiva didn't know water could make a hole in a rock. Rabbi Kiva didn't have basic scientific knowledge that water could pierce a stone. What didn't Rabbi Akiva know? What didn't Rabbi Akiva know about Avodah Hashem? What Rabbi Akiva didn't realize is that small, tiny, little movements of growth, extra minutes, extra actions, extra thoughts, can revolutionize the identity of a person. You think it's not a big deal to come one minute earlier to Shachris. It changes the course of human history. It could change the safety of the Jewish people. This year, instead of showing up with my tefillin as the davening star, come one minute. Do you know what the value of a minute is? Rabbi Akiva saw from the water penetrating the stone that even though there is no discernible difference every time the water hits the stone, but obviously it's making a big impact on the stone, it could make a big impact on me. Do you know where the word Akiva comes from? Do you know what the word Akiva means? Akiva is a Rashi Tevais. Yesh Koina Oilamai Bisha Achas. That was the secret of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva's secret was every small advance in life, you could acquire world, you could change yourself, you could change the entire universe. But do you know who's after? Every small increment of our growth, I'm going to tell you. Let's picture for a moment a guy's walking down the street to Shachras. Let's say it's a two minute walk. You know what you could do in two minutes? You ever see the first Bir Halacha? The Bir Halacha says there are things that you could think about that each thought is a mitzvah sasei da iraisa. There's sheish mitzvahs to me the ice. Person could think, I'm going to shul to daven to the Rebbeinah Shalom who created the world. That's a mitzvah da'iraisa to have that thought. Hashem controls everything that happens in the world. It's a mitzvah da'iraisa. There's no other Hashem. It's a mitzvah da'iraisa. I love you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. I fear you, Hashem. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. I'm going to guard my eyes. It's a six mitzvah. In ten seconds... You were Mekayim, six mitzvahs. No, you weren't. Because you whipped out your phone to check it for the billionth time during the day. What was that buzz? Oh, it was a text. It was an email. It was a WhatsApp. It was a notification. It's the 90th Chesed Fund uh, solicitation that you got today. And you just lost six mitzvahs because you needed to check your phone again. Do you know how many mitzvahs the Yitzhahara grabs and steals from us? Because he appreciates the value of Sha'achas. 
I'm not even talking about in a Beis HaKnesses. Forgive me for saying this. If you don't invite me back, a person a from Jew cannot, not, cannot bring a phone into a Beis HaKnesses. It doesn't belong there. You're standing there, you're davening to Hashem. What is tefillah? It's serving Hashem with all your heart. Can you possibly give all your attention if your phone is on you? It is not humanly possible. So what? The person is not even making an attempt to have full kavana? It can't be in the shul, period. It just can't be there. They're not even making the effort. But think about what the Yetzirah does. He's made it that it's it's normal. I'll bring it in. I'll walk, I'll walk with it until I get to my seat. Then in the middle of the davening, I'll check. It can't even be in the base. I'm not even talking now about the base HaKnesses. I'm talking about being tethered to it the entire day. When there's so many Sha'achasim, there's so many moments that we could have been Mekayim Mitzvahs. You know, they asked Rabbi Vazner about the Sheish Mitzvahs Tamidiyas. You know, you think somebody who's so involved in learning Torah and every word of Torah is equal to all 630 mitzvahs, they're not like taking time during the day to think about these six mitzvahs. They asked Rav Osner, should a Jew think about these six mitzvahs? He says, Habibi, I give you my word. Not one day of my life went by that I didn't think about the sheish mitzvahs at least a hundred times. And we think, no, that's not possible. Every red light, every time you walk somewhere, when you're in the store, why does a person's life have to be completely dedicated to their phone? Why does a person have to be sold and owned by their phone? Can you imagine how many moments, how many minutes, how many seconds of life are robbed from us? Not... On the hour. I mean, the studies are most people are on the dumb, stupid phone four hours a day. You know, people say, I don't have time to learn. I don't have to. You know, I would love to do Daf Yoimi, Yushalmi Yoimi, Chavetz Chaim Yoimi, Navi Yoimi, but there's no time. Pal, you could be doing every Yoimi in the world. There's so much time. It just requires a little discipline. The personal advice, just for successful living, just say, I'm not looking at the stupid phone until after I dive in chakras and learn something. You're not missing anything. I guarantee you, you'll have more peace of mind. Just, you'll, you'll be more calm. The fact that we're so tethered, it's stealing our life, it's stealing our peace of mind. Who taught the world the value of moments of time? Rabbi Akiva, Yesh, Kaina, Ailamai, Bisha, Achas. A few weeks ago, I was invited to speak in Panama. I couldn't pass up the opportunity. I wanted to go to see one of the seven wonders of the world Panama Canal. Panama Canal connects Cologne to Balboa. So instead of ships going around, you know, the southern horn of uh, Cape Horn, and taking like two and a half weeks, 
goes right from the Atlantic, from the right from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Saves thousands of miles of trip. How does the Panama Canal work? Uh, is there any technology? No, there's no technology. It's all gravity. The water rises, the water goes down. So there's actually a cruise ship, the Norwegian Cruise Line. You know how heavy it is? It's 168,000 tons. It's 168,000 tons. The problem is, you know, the Atlantic and Pacific, the water levels are not the same. So the ship comes, and now they need to get the ship up to the same water line as the other ocean. So no problem. Lift up the, the ship. You can't, even find a, you can't even find 20 cranes that can lift up such a ship. So how do they lift up the ship? You know, there's something in this world that is so powerful that it can lift up the ship like nothing. You know what it's called? Water. So without technology, just with gravity, they let the water fall into the side of the ocean. And all of a sudden, this Norwegian cruise ship, 186,000 tons, 168,000 tons, rises up. 20 cranes couldn't have pulled up that ship. But the soft water, the soft water, just raises the ship like that. And I'm thinking to myself, what would Rabbi Akiva have said if he saw the Panama Canal? Maybe Rabbi Akiva would have made the following Kavachaymer. Sometimes I feel so low. Sometimes I feel so sullied. Sometimes I feel so filthy and heavy and weighed down by all the things weighing me down in life. How am I ever going to make myself elevated? How am I ever going to schlep myself up? Who could elevate me? If Mayim, which is so soft, could raise up 186,000 tons, imagine if I apply myself to Limonat Taira. The Taira, which is so powerful, could raise me up, me with all my chatoim and all my baggage and everything I'm carrying around. The Torah could propel me up to the highest realms, to the Kisei HaKavod. If Rabbi Akiva saw the Panama Canal. People are always looking for more things to do. More things to do are great. I'm not here to tell you to do anything more. Hillel said at the Simchas Pesachoeva, Imani Khan Hakoil Khan. If I'm here, everyone's here. What does that mean? The Nitziv says something so beautiful and so timely. You know, we always wonder, I don't understand, you know, I dive in every day, why isn't it doing anything to me? I learn every day, why isn't it doing anything to me? Pal, are you learning every day? Are you there? Are you davening every day? Are you there? I have to be there. That means five minutes of Limud HaTayra without the phone is probably more valuable than an hour with the phone. 
How are you supposed to learn a minute, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 5 seconds? Whatever amount of time God allows you to learn, be there. Be 100% present. Give it your all. Then the Torah will elevate you. Then it will propel you to greatness. But you need to be present with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul. And believe me, I'm talking to myself just like anybody else. That's the challenge of the time. Give being present in the Avodah Hashem that we do. But if we're present, if we give it even a minute of undivided heart, focus, love, yesh, kaina, oilamai, bisha, achas, just takes a minute. A minute of real tefillah. A minute of real taira. So I'm going to conclude back to my Cleveland trip. That was cancelled. Actually, I thought I had this airport thing down. So the first thing you need to know is never check in your luggage. Because the likelihood, if you're checking your luggage, is basically you're saying, I don't really need it. You know, Hareini, I went to, we did a trip to France. We went to Rashi, Rabbeinu Tam. All I need is I need my suit and I need the camera. You know, we, we have these video clips for Torah anytime. I made the mistake of putting the camera in the suitcase. No. It, it, it went to Orlando. What in the world? Why did it go to Orlando? I'm going to France. Why did it go to Orlando? So I made the mistake. I had two trips after that where the luggage came off the plane. So I had confidence again. Nachamol, we went to Alaska. No. Back to Orlando. So this time I said, that's it. I'm not checking anything in. I'm, not, I'm only staying the night. What do I need already? I have uh, just my talus and fill-in, some personal items, and that's it. So we got, I got a brand new little wheelie. I put it right on the plane. The problem was, it was a brand new suitcase, and I wasn't used to traveling with it. So I had with me three items on my way to Cleveland and JFK. I had uh, my hat box. I had my knapsack with my notes. I need notes to speak. And... I had my talus and tefillin in the wheelie. I would never give it to them, but I would put it on the overhead. Fine. I come out of the security. It was a week and a half ago. It was 90 degrees. I was dehydrated. I needed a drink. I have my knapsack. I have my hat box. I got the drink. I go to my gate. I said, I think I'm missing something. Where's my wheelie? So, where's my... What in the world did I do with my wheelie? I must have left it in the store where I got the water. I ran back there. Did you see it? No, we didn't see it. Where, where is it? So, oh, I didn't take it out of security. I'm not used to traveling with this thing. I said, what? They probably blew it up. You know? I don't know what they do. What do they do with suitcase? You hear every five minutes. If anyone sees us, you know? I figured it was blown up or something. Said, uh, the first thing I thought, where are my notes? So my notes had my knapsack, but my talus and tefillin was in my wheelie. So I can't believe it. I run back to the security. What's the likelihood of me seeing it again? You know, with all the security there. I go to the first conveyor belt. Nothing there. Second conveyor belt. Anyone knows me? I like Rameer Balasai. I'll call the mayor on any, everything. Whatever I could do. There's this table in the middle of the two uh, security belts. And there was my suitcase. I was very grateful. Baruch Hashem. Anyway, I never made it, made it to Cleveland. It was canceled. And I'm thinking to myself, what did I learn from the whole ordeal? 
aside from the fact of tying a string between me and my suitcase so that night. I said to myself, you know, if I would have gotten on that plane without finding the suitcase, or if I would have left the airport and gone home, the likelihood of me getting that suitcase back you ever, you ever leave a suitcase in the airport? You know how long it takes to get back? It could take months. It could take years. A guy on a trip with me, he got his suitcase back like eight months later. Erev Pesach, somebody knocks on his door, JFK with his suitcase. If you leave the airport, lots of luck ever getting your suitcase back. The only reason I got my suitcase back because I was still in the airport. And if you're still in the airport you have a shot of getting that suitcase back. And that's the privilege and the opportunity that we all have. To have an Aser Tshuva and to have a Yom Kippur, we're all here. We're still in the airport. We're still in this world. We could still find the suitcases. We could still go back and think about things we've done and regret and confess and come up with a game plan of how we're going to change it if we're still in the airport. Once you leave the airport, it's hard to ever get that suitcase back. This is the great gift of the Yom Naram. A gift of Yom Naram, B'chayenu here, where the Rebbe Hashem gives us the ability to look back at our life, to analyze our life, and to say, you know, not... Just because everyone's doing something, just because I've been doing something, if I make small incremental changes in my life, little by little by little, the kaf, the kaf samach, the kaf samach aleph, all it takes, little by little, the Riban Shalom will propel me all the way up to the Kiseh HaKavai. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.